Canna Bloggers Corner on the You Podcast Network is brought to you by Stash Logics in conjunction with Wolfpack LLC present the Dotsero Smellproof Pocket Pouch. About the size of your average cell phone case, this perfectly pocket-sized pouch comes with an activated charcoal fabric, water-slash-odor-resistant zipper, and poker pocket complete with poker included. Check them out at stashlogic.com. Better Homes with Cannabis is not just a Marley poster on your dorm wall. Yanni Amaya has taken her beautiful cannabis photography to the next level with her line of tasteful cannabis-themed home decor accessories. Check out her new Alien line launching soon at BetterHomesWithCannabis.com. Hey, everybody. Welcome to another episode of Cannablogger's Corner on the U Podcast Network. As always, I am your host, Andy Cannablogger, and this week's episode, it tickles my nerdy little heart. <laughs> Anytime I get to talk about cannabis and Comic-Con, it, it makes my geek flag fly, and I just love it. You might recognize my guest's voice this week if you ever turned on a radio in San Diego. From his time at 91X all the way to just fucking killing it as 100.7 FM's morning show host, Chris Cantori has been one of the most distinct voices ever to come across uh, the San Diego airwaves. Unfortunately, he and his co-host Merrill were victims of what I like to call the Great San Diego Radio Station Purge of 2019. Uh, for those of you not familiar familiar with that, um, beginning of, the, of 2019, about 98%, uh, roughly, of San Diego's local radio talent lost their shows when stations shifted to nationally syndicated shows that offered the same canned bullshit, catering to the lowest common denominator we've been subjected to for decades. Uh, of course, we all know what happened at the end of 2019 and the beginning of 2020, so uh, Cantori had some time on his hands. Uh, for us creatives, idle hands are the devil's toys, so he looked for alternative outlets for his creative energies and found it in The Arlo Show, uh, this animated short that features the adventures of Arlo, uh, who's voiced by Cantori, uh, who takes a badass trip in 1971 and winds up uh, waking up in 2021. Harassed by the local beat cop, Officer Mahoney, uh, voiced, voiced by another SoCal legend, Chris Cote, Arlo now has to learn how to navigate in 2021 after his 50-year Ichabod Crane. So sit back, relax, and enjoy my conversation with Chris Cantori. You. I don't like your style your politics, or your sense of humor. I don't like what you say or how you say it. You obviously have a wonderful economy with words. I look forward to your next syllable with great eagerness. Say, man, you got a joint? Uh, no, not on me, man. It'd be a lot cooler if you did. <laughs> All right, welcome back to Canada Blogger's Corner, and, uh, I've got an incredibly special guest here this week, uh, just out of a, uh, I guess, 50-year-long weed nap. 
the basis for the Arlo show, Mr. Chris Cantori. How you doing, Cantori? What's going on? I don't know if it was a weed. I don't think it was a, a weed <laughs> nap as much as it was a uh, psychedelic trip that went that went wrong. Went a little sideways, huh? Yes, sir. Uh, it yeah. happens. It does. It does. I mean, that's why they had to say, don't trust the brown acid. Yeah, I've never, believe it or not, and I've got nothing to hide. I've never done acid. Me neither. Never tried it. I've, yeah. I've seen people, I've known people who tried it, and uh, um, the trips were not the best. And uh, I, I I knew that there was kind of like a 50-50 chance, so I really didn't want to take it. Yeah, I was always scared of it myself, just being a dude who always had an underlying anxiety yep. issue that I was always like worried that, well, if I take this and I have one of those aforementioned bad trips, I was worried that it was like going to reprogram my mind or something. But now looking back, maybe that, that, that wouldn't have been a bad thing now that I think back. <laughs> but uh, these days I'll tell you what does interest me tremendously is all the research that's being done around psychedelics specifically mushrooms yep. and the cyclo I, I don't know how to say it it's it's above my pay grade but uh, yeah mine too yeah uh, yeah what it, the components in the mushrooms oh the psilocybin that, uh, that, there you go thank you that's being used to treat the aforementioned anxiety depression ptsd I'm all about that research, and yeah. I hope that that research, if anything, gets fast-tracked because uh, I think being reliant on pharmaceuticals isn't the best, isn't always the best path. I completely and totally agree with you, um, which is why, as you know, I have uh, supplemented my pharmaceuticals with cannabis so that I can at least scale back on them. Um, I've tried... Yeah. I tried going cold turkey. Um, unfortunately, that did not go well. So I do have to, I still rely on that low dose of pharmaceutical, but supplemented with cannabis, it helps reduce the toxic side effects. And that, that's what I'm all about. I, uh, I can understand and relate to those sentiments wholeheartedly. <laughs> so let, let's talk about Arlo, man. T tell me about Arlo. How do you come about? Yeah, that was just something that um, it, it came about through the pandemic and just having just too much time on my hands and not enough, not enough creative outlets. So I'm always looking for new creative outlets or ways to challenge myself and do things that I've never done before, where in the past, you know, I was more prone to staying within my comfort zone and that comfort zone was radio yeah. and continuing to work at radio stations or pursue a radio career that I knew was coming to an end, but I I'm so stubborn at times I wasn't willing to accept that. So as a result, you know, I, I, I was trying to fit a square peg into a round hole for a, for a good decade. So on the back end of that, here we're in a pandemic and it forced me out of my comfort zone. Like so many of us, you know, look at you starting your podcast. You could probably put that in the same category. Exactly. 
So I just said, you know what, I'm going to start and do stuff that I've always wanted to do, but didn't have the balls to do. Uh, that includes uh, a couple of things, doing voiceover work where I, I haven't got a, a bona fide gig yet, but I do have an agent and I submit an audition on a reg on a regular. And that's something that I've always wanted to do, but never have the confidence and uh, this is something else as it relates to voiceover. I've always wanted to voice something and I've always been intrigued by animation. But interestingly enough, I'm not like this animation junkie or somebody who's been, you know, a student of Comic-Con, although I love going to Comic-Con. But um, I just really kind of fell in love with the art that was being created by this by my partner on this project. His name's Scuba Steve, and I saw the work that he was doing, and it really resonated to a point where I just developed this character based on the art he was producing, if that makes sense. It does. It does. And it, it's it kind of shows like what drives the art, what, you know, one creation inspires another, which inspires another. And it's just it's the whole creative process, you know, Um we, like you mentioned, Comic Con that is, and always will be one of the biggest reasons why I go to Comic Con. You know, the panels are great. I love seeing the Hollywood types. You know, walking around, hanging out with us uh, common folk and stuff. But really, when it comes down to it, I I'm gonna like just head down Artists Alley, small press, hang with the artists. You know, um, I I'm on really good terms with the. Uh, with the guy who did the end credits to Deadpool, you know, that, that guy who, who created the little Deadpool character at the end. Um, he and I have hung out. I, I've been his booth babe for a, a couple of times and it's great, you know, <laughs> just getting behind yeah. the scenes and seeing how that art works. So yeah, I can totally get where you're coming from on that. Um, yeah. And it's, it's funny you bring up comic art or bring up the booth space or exhibit space because you know, that is something that we are going to do. My partner and I, we are going to submit to Comic-Con. You know, yes. I know they're doing, I know they're doing something in November. Yep. That's going to be, you know, kind of a, a mini event. They haven't really opened that one up. Getting into the main event, that's, that would be a, that'd probably be a, a severe long shot for us. But getting into the event in November, that's, it's actually, within arm's reach you know it's it's worth actually shooting for having no experience or knowing nothing about it but uh we are going to submit arlo into comic-con the big game you know the big show yep but uh the one that's coming up here in november as well when the timing's right well as you know uh my other life is contributing to the sdcc unofficial blog and we get a lot of comic-con news and as for November, really, the only thing we know for sure is they've announced that it's during Thanksgiving weekend. Yeah, um, that's all we know right now. Anything above that or up along with that is still way up in the air. We, we're not exactly sure if they're still trying to get permits, legal, legal stuff going on. Uh, maybe they're just waiting to see what happens in California after June 15th, because we don't know. We might fuck this all up again. You know, we, right. we might go back to wearing masks and staying indoors, which honestly, I really miss the pandemic traffic. 
Yeah. <laughs> I'll give you that, man. Do not. I, yeah. I, I miss the pandemic traffic and the, uh, I do not though miss the, the infighting. No, you know, I am thankful that this, uh, this time, at least I feel like, uh, at least all the people who were bitching about having to wear masks and, you know, all, all the, all the political fighting at least seems to, seems to be subsiding a little bit. Like I see the same people that were on my Facebook page, you know, saying they wanted to burn California down are now yeah. celebrating the fact that their businesses are open and they're going on yachts again. And, uh, living living the uh their best lives if you will so oh, good i'm, I'm good. glad it worked out well exactly look <laughs> at us we're back baby exactly and, exactly uh, but, but i hope that you know we and we don't fuck it up like you said yep and we're not in a position where we have to regress because those same people i'm talking about are gonna have a hard time rolling back man oh yeah yeah, there's going to be a lot of people, um, the people you were talking about, and then some who are going to be like, "No, fuck it, I'm not doing this all over again." No, I'm, you know, right. I'm done. <laughs> and and I'm like right there at the line because right now I'm like, okay, the, you know, fifteenth, I get to take off this mask, and I really don't want to put it back on again. Right, and that's what I'm, you know, I don't, and and, and please to anyone listening, if you're on that side. I'm not sitting here and judging. I'm not sitting here. I, this is just purely observational. Mm -hmm. And and for me, you know, it's just I, I'm 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 observing. That's all I've been doing the last eighteen months, and that's all I'm going to do right now. I'm not throwing myself into any fights, man, because there are too many unanswered questions. How can yeah. you really? How can you really take a side right now? Where. You know, there's so much, so much that's still up in the air. There's so many things being unanswered that need to be answered. And until we get all the answers, we can speculate all we want. But uh, I'm just focused on being a, a good person and a good neighbor. Yep. And uh, let everything else play out as it needs to play out. I'll, I'll tell you what, man. My, my daughter works at Starbucks. And every day... Every single day she comes home with a story about someone who gives them a hard time, um, makes a scene. And I, I just and I get that people are tired. You know, I'm tired. You're tired. We're, we're all tired of this last 18 months. But, you know, to go into a public place and just unleash like these people are doing on people like my daughter who are just trying to say hey the store is telling me to tell you this and all the, that's all they're trying to do and i feel i feel bad for her i feel bad for everybody working with her because they all get the same abuse and if you're yeah, listening no right now seriously if you go into starbucks and they ask you to put it on just be nice they're people you know they're just trying yeah, well that's they're just That's trying to earn a living. Thing. Yeah, you know? Is that it's people just projecting their own fears onto other human beings. Yeah. You know, that would be my response to that person. If I was in your daughter's shoes, and she probably can't because she works for a, a major corporation. But if I was a customer, because I, I am prone, trust me, I'm, I, I'm crazy enough 
that if somebody, if I was next to that customer that was giving your daughter a ration of shit, I'm crazy enough. Anyone in my family will tell you <laughs> that I'll throw myself in the middle of it to protect or speak on behalf of your daughter. And she would appreciate any, that. Or any employee for that matter. And I've done it. But I would turn to that person who was giving your daughter shit and go, what are you so afraid of? Why, why are you so scared? Exactly. And, it's like, uh, and then if they asked me, I'm not afraid. You're afraid. You're the one wearing a mask. I was like, no, no. You, you're relating my mask to fear. I'm relating the way you're projecting on this other human being to fear. Because that's true fear. Me wearing a mask is not a sign of fear. You projecting your emotions on this other human being that you don't know, that is the ultimate cry of fear. Your anger is rooted in fear. So what are you so afraid of? Dare I say, maybe you're even afraid more of the virus than the person wearing the mask? Or there's a million other philosophies I, I could draw based on where that fear is coming from. But guess what? the end of the day, I don't fucking care because I'm too busy working on myself, exactly. which includes being a better person to, to me, my family and my fellow neighbor. So, you know, and, and nobody has a problem with no shirt, no shoes, no service, you know, and that, that's a, just a store policy. I could walk around barefoot if I wanted, but if I try to go into a store, no, I can't do that because I have to be wearing something on my feet, whether it's flip flops, shoes, sandals whatever some sort of foot covering has to be on and i can't go walk you know i can't i could walk around outside with my shirt off but i can't go into a store because hey there the health code requires me to put a shirt on so this is just something else along the same lines now they're saying hey this thing's going on in order to come into our store you got to wear a face covering you know, it could be a gator, could be a bandana, could be, you know, whatever. Just put something on your face and come in, get your shit and get out. That that's all it really is. And these people, they have to they have to die on this petty little hill for nothing. Yeah, well what's interesting though is also at the same time, I don't I don't I I don't think wearing masks in confined public spaces you know, in certain situations is the worst fucking thing in the world either. No. You know, just because I could tell you, I'll never forget. There's, there's an Italian place down the street from my house and this is pre COVID. And, um, I remember the waiter who was helping me. I looked at him and he looked like shit. Mm -hmm. He was all sweaty. He was congested. Oh, and yeah. I was like, fuck. Because they can't afford to take Whatever a sick this day. this guy's got, he's in my shit. He's handling my plates. He's breathing on me. And I said, I bet I'm going to get what he has. And guess what? Three days later, bedridden, <laughs> yep. fever. I felt like fucking death. And all I could think about was that waiter at that restaurant. And, so, and to bring it back to Comic-Con, two words. Con crud. Yeah. What exact, you know, whatever it is, it's just the bottom line is whether it's COVID, whether it's a common cold, whether it's a flu, 
whether it's your nasty fucking breath because you have horrible oral <laughs> oral hygiene or because I'm you've been okay. sleeping in hall h for 48 hours <laughs> yeah. i'm okay with protecting myself or throwing on a mask regardless of what you think of the science yeah. you know and i don't care you know it's but i've always been I, i'm a i'm a i'm a person who's always been a you know, freedom of choice what yeah. you do to your body i i still believe that that's why i don't get wrapped up in the vaccination debate too much or Same. try not to yeah if at all is because I'd be a major hypocrite if I'm telling a woman that she has the right to do whatever she wants to her body. How could I not say that to another human being that doesn't want to get a vaccination? I would be a complete hypocrite. <laughs> exactly, exactly. But so, okay, so I stay out of all of it now. That's 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 my because who am I? What? Why does my opinion even matter? Just like yours, I, your opinion doesn't matter to me. <laughs> no offense, right? No, I I totally get it. I mean, I have my opinion. I'm going to express it, you know, and right. and I'm going to respect yours at the same time. Though I'm not going to come across and say, "Hey, your opinion's shit." You know, I don't fucking care what you think. You know, I'm right, right. you're wrong. No, no, no. It's not like yep. that. It's this is my opinion. You've got your opinion. Hey, let we can talk about it. But if if it winds up we disagree, oh well, you know. <laughs> No, I got, I got plenty of friends, trust me, that are like my, my, my radio now podcast partner, Meryl, she's yeah. anti-vax, you know, and she's one of my best friends. But then on the flip side, I've got best friends who look at people like Meryl is being entitled and how, you know, how could she have that, you know, right to not want it when there are third world nations begging for, you know, it's just like, I, I can't, I can't process all that stuff dude it's too much exactly or, or it literally will drive you crazy which is why i just i just try to stay in my own lane and the only thing i put out there is you know stuff that has to do with mindfulness yep. or that has to do with the content that i'm creating and I bring that up because it's a great transition for you to get it back on track to our. <laughs> Thank you, because uh, we, we've got like three minutes left. So, yeah, let, let's let's talk a little bit about Arlo, because you're doing the voice for Arlo. Um, then there's another character, Officer Mahoney, who it seems has kind of he got kind of a stick up his ass since Police Academy. Uh, definitely not the uh, the freewheeling <laughs> Officer Mahoney. Steve Gutenberg made us all love. Uh, no, no, yeah. Tell us about Mahoney. We just calling him that was a tribute to the great <laughs> Steve Gutenberg. There was no comparison whatsoever to the characters as, as they they play. It's just that they happen to share the same name, last name. Mahoney is uh, <laughs> it's like Smith. Or Smith or Jones, exactly. It's nothing but an homage <laughs> to uh, the great Steve Gutenberg. Just recycled the name just uh, for people like yourself that can make the connection. Where, you know, when it comes to when I'm writing these things, I am, it's a new territory for me, you know, and I want to drop in little, little Easter eggs, if you will, here and there, while also, you know, making fun of the present as it relates to a dude from the seventies, how he, you know, navigating through life. It's kind of like, 
you know, it's, it's all the stuff we grew up on. There's nothing honestly original about the idea. <laughs> it's just, you know, it's back to the future too. You know, it's just taking somebody from a different generation displaced and putting them in a different time period. Exactly. And while it is a common motif, it all depends on how you basically package it up. Because, again, I've mentioned it on the podcast before. I'll mention it again. Just look at the fucking bread aisle. You know, there's a billion different kinds of bread. What Something's going to make yours special, so fuck it. Put it on the shelf, man. Yeah, exactly. So it's fun. And, you know, I who knows where it's going to go? You, you never know with these things, but we don't have these crazy... I mean, of course, we have, you know, visions of it sometime, you know, at one point elevating to maybe it becomes a full animated series. And this is just how it starts as little tiny shorts. But, you know, if it goes on to do nothing and it's just it was a great creative exercise, you know, I'm fine with that. And that's true with pretty much everything that I do. You know, nothing that I do is really is it's never motive and this has been true my entire career sadly though because i'd probably be in a better financial place but it's never been motivated by money you know it's always been motivated by doing something i love doing exactly and you know the simpsons started out exactly the same way they were like what two minute shorts on the tracy ullman show now they've been on the air for i want to say 30 plus years Oh, yeah. I mean, and that's one thing that I have noticed when I'm writing these things is how hard it is. Yeah. And it makes me realize, you know, it, it just solidifies, especially when you look at shows like The Simpsons or Rick and Morty. Mm -hmm. It's like, holy shit. It, it becomes so much more about the writing and how brilliant the writing is. And when you're writing your own stuff, you, you start realizing you're not so brilliant. You know, if you're putting yourself up next to next to those type of operations. But for us, you know, I looked at it like, you know, when I was younger, I used to love stoner comedies like oh, yeah. Cheech and Chong, you know, just loved them. Even though I didn't smoke weed, you know, I still loved, <clears throat> excuse me, stoner comedies. So Half-Baked is a classic. Yeah, I mean, that was later in my life, but another yeah. example. And um, so for me, I looked at it like, you know, there aren't really any big stoner comedies out there. I can't think of any stoner animation comedies. So why not bring them together and try to put one out there? Yeah, and exactly. And there was the short-lived, just uh, disjointed show that was on netflix i think that lasted like maybe a season and a half uh that was a chuck mm. lorry thing but that uh that's gone um was that i think i what was that one tell me about was that a was that a live action was that a no that was um interestingly enough if you go back a couple episodes the uh artist that did a lot of the background art uh he runs high art studios was one of my former guests uh, that was a uh, a show with Kathy Bates. Um, oh, had a couple other people that you, if you watch any of the Chuck Lorre shows, like uh, Big Bang, was it Theory, animated? No, it was live action. 
Oh, it was live action. Yeah. Okay. Um, but yeah, if, if you watch any of uh, any of his shows like Mom or anything like that, a lot of the same actors appear and they and they were in that one, too. But the main character was Kathy Bates and she ran a dispensary and it was right after legalization oh, yes. and everything. And yes. I, I, I did watch a couple episodes and I'll, I'll tell you the uh, the stereotypes in there. You can tell that you can tell that Chuck Lorre probably doesn't smoke a lot of weed probably has in the past but you know um i I don't he's definitely not part of the the culture yeah and and when it comes to the culture we're, we're definitely going to you know especially as we start you know i'm writing a new episode right now that is really going to start really delving into the culture a little bit and I say lit, yeah, because we do have. I don't want to. I, I don't want to say, but we did have. I'll tell you as much as I could tell you, mm-hmm. which is, you know, you know, there's a lot of celebrity brands out there. Needless right. to say, and a representative from one of the celebrity brands saw Arlo, and has all. Yeah, I don't want to go into it. Has seen it, and the celebrity that is attached to his brand is interested in doing an episode with us. That is very exciting. So I'm in the process right now of writing that episode that will incorporate this celebrity to voice it. And by default, by introducing this character, we're going to be delving further into the scene because this character is going to be introducing his weed to Arlo. And I think that's awesome because at you as part of the local cannabis culture, because you, you've got the U site, Y E W and you've, you've kind of tapped into the local uh, cannabis community industry through that. You've got that behind the scenes, just kind of, deep member of the culture point of view and what i think is this is and i hope you don't mind me saying so is a really good opportunity to kind of turn those stereotypes around like like maybe okay arlo's the lazy stoner and that's all well and good but then now there's an opportunity okay here's a character who is using cannabis for um anxiety or depression and they're able to have you know hold down a nine-to-five job able to you know have a family it's not like how it's portrayed in in the media like oh you know cannabis is a gateway drug and if you smoke weed you're gonna lose your whole livelihood and everyone's gonna you're gonna be a pariah and all that kind of stuff and right you know, I hope that I would hope that you would use this opportunity. And this is just me making a suggestion for what it's worth. You know, my my two fucking cents, take it or leave it. But this is a good opportunity to just kind of represent the culture as it really is, not as, you know, it's been made out to be in the past. Right. I totally agree with that. A thousand percent. Um, and I think that'll be the arc I, I I I haven't really, to be honest, thought that far ahead. I mean, the the reason why the it's important to note 
that the Arlo character, that's the whole thing, is I didn't want to make him a character. Like, this is who he exists in present-day society because he doesn't. And that's exactly the point mm -hmm. of having him, you know, in, in essence, where we started, you know, the basis of the show is that this guy did a really bad hit of acid and he, he slipped into a, into a coma for 50 years. I mean, it's obviously, it's, it's a freaking cartoon, <laughs> but he comes to, and it's no longer the seventies, you know, 1971, it's now 2021. And this character is trying to navigate through life in modern society, but he's from the seventies. He's not a guy who's trying to live that way in 2021. So for me, I personally see the arc yeah, is going to happen where he is immersed in the culture a thousand percent, but it's just a whole different game. And, you know, that will, he'll be different than all the other players, but it will give a chance, as you said, to highlight and show the power of the industry and the good parts of the industry as it relate as seen through his eyes. So but basically his eyes what you're still, saying is the character's going to grow. Right. But his eyes are still always going to be rooted in the 1970s. But yes, he's going to grow over time. But there's not, you know, Homer Simpson didn't grow. <laughs> you know, he, he stayed Homer. Arlo's going to stay Arlo. Yep. But the important thing is, is he's always going to be looking at the stuff through eyes from the 1970s, not eyes from... You know, I, 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 that depiction and that Spicoli depiction yeah. is, is extremely tired. And I would never bring it back unless as a parody, which is exactly what we're doing with art. Well, I think that also offers uh, another opportunity, if you don't mind me saying so, that, uh, you know, how we always look back and say, man, remember how we did it back in the day? It was so much better, blah, blah, blah. Thousand percent. There you go. Now he's got with that 70s perspective you know, bring back some of the stuff that was lost. So, man, I am totally excited about this show. Yeah, I appreciate your interest. And as I said, um, we'll be pushing out new content sooner than later. And in the interim, just look for the show on all the uh, on all the platforms, platforms Arlo show on Instagram right now. And then we're going to be throwing it up on TikTok. But those are the only two platforms that for now that we're going to put it out on TikTok and uh, and Insta, All and right. then kind of build off of that. Maybe YouTube, but we're not sure yet. Okay, okay. Well, I have basically taken you ten minutes over uh, what you requested, so I'm going to yeah. uh, I'm going to let you go and get on with your weekend. But before cool, I do man, that. I since you 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 already mentioned where to find Arlo and all that kind of stuff online, uh, let's briefly talk about where everyone can find you online because you y o u um, are like a podcasting fucking machine. So let let's list off the the podcast you're involved in. Yeah, it's just my right now. It's just two. It's my own. Just the the Cantori show, which you can find on Apple, Spotify. All, all the major platforms. And then I also do an unmanageable podcast with my old radio partner, Merrill, which you can find on Patreon, P 
patreon.com forward slash unmanageable. And then uh, I'm in the process of kind of retooling, if you will, the UYEW online platform. But you can find that on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and uh, online at UYEWonline.com, which hosts uh, a bunch of podcasts, including your own, yep. and uh, an article stream, you know, feed of articles that are all related to lifestyle components in Southern California. But again, kind of going through a retool right now, because as you know, the digital world is always changing and you have to adapt. Yep. So we want to start doing things differently as it relates to that. But as far as myself, just my first and last name on Instagram and Facebook right now is kind of the best place to find me. And that's uh, Chris Cantori. That's it. All right. Well, thank you so much for uh, taking time out of your uh, busy weekend. I know you guys uh, always have family stuff going on. So I really appreciate you uh, coming on and, and telling everybody about, about Arlo and his upcoming adventures. Yeah, thanks for being an early adopter and uh, <laughs> hope to see you at Comic-Con in November or July or somewhere out there, my friends. And hey, if uh, you need a booth, babe, I've got experience. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm totally down to booth, babe, with you guys. Consider it a gig. Awesome. Uh, maybe <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll just do a live podcast right there. That's fine by me, man. That's This is going to be awesome. So... Uh, <laughs> Once again, thank you so much. And uh, just another side note, before I forget, the voice of Officer Mahoney also has a podcast on you online, uh, Chris Cote, The Monday Mass. So when, you're, so when you're on you online poking around there, check out his podcast as well. Chris Cote is a great voice, a great Southern California personality. 1,000%. And thank you, my friend, for the support. Always, always, all from the bottom of my heart, Chris. I, I love everything you do. I've heard you kill it on KPRI ninety four nine for like the five minutes you were there, and oh, you and Meryl just were absolutely fucking awesome on one hundred point seven. Um, yeah, that was a that was a special little run. You were my morning commute, and I, I swear to God, the time you fell off the chair, I still makes me giggle. So thank you for that little pratfall. Always, my dude. And have a great day and continued success with yourself as well. Thank you so much. And please give my love to the family. Back at you. All right, man. Later. Peace out. All right. Once again, I would like to thank Chris Cantori for coming on the show, uh, not to mention his you platform for hosting our show as well as the others that we mentioned uh, here uh, earlier uh, I hope you enjoyed learning about Arlo and uh, where he's going to go uh, potentially and hopefully uh, here in the future um, yeah did a little soapboxing again uh, I guess you that, that's just something you're going to have to expect a little bit but hey you know when when we have opinions we, we express them and we just uh, go all out uh, thank you guys uh, once again for tuning in really appreciate it uh, also once again thanks to Cantori and the you podcast network until next week everybody I hope you all have a good week and stay lifted wait where are you going I was going to make espresso now go away or I shall taunt you a second time <laughs>